Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming to Comic Book Club Live. Please give it up for your host, Alex, Justin, and B. Yeah! Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we got with us live today. It has been ever so long, almost probably almost a year at this point. Oh my god. We got Giancarlo Beefman Prime. Welcome. How are you doing? I'm good. It's been a crazy day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so day. just uh, catch us up. Are you Dunkin' Donuts married or are you Hold on, real you are, married? As usual, Pete is like Pete Pete came out. It was like to get the other side. You're just jumping yeah. ahead to the punchline here. Uh, Giancarlo, first of all, welcome. So excited to see you. We have missed you so much while we've been doing the so show virtually. Much. Honestly, so, hearing you introduce us is such a, like, my heart. I just, yeah, I'm crying. Yeah. I, uh, I still get, I haven't changed my Google kind of calendar. So every Tuesday, I still get the comic book club tech. Oh, man. You're like, oh, shit. That. <laughs> I gotta go. I do appreciate the fact that we still got you in a box over here, so everything feels very consistent. Yes. Uh, but as Pete was teasing a little bit over here, as you said, you had kind of a crazy day. Could you set this up? What, what happened to you, or what's going on? Yeah, uh, Dana, what was that you said? <laughs> Dana, that's your girlfriend, right? It is my girlfriend. Uh, all right. So about. Uh, Literally a week ago, last Wednesday, every Wednesday I talk with my comic book uh, buddies, my buddies who I usually go to the store with every Wednesday. Uh, she's saying so geeky from the other room. Uh, <laughs> oh, we are getting some calls to have her come and join you. I, it's actually not calls, plural. It's one call. It's just one all caps. <laughs> call in the comments uh, from, I don't know who this person is, some random lurker. Right she can't come. Uh, yeah. but, she's busy. Uh, She's busy. She's doing stuff. She's got her own stuff to do. Um, <laughs> literally, I was talking, since I can't go to the comic book store every Wednesday, uh, now me and my buddies just chat every Wednesday for like an hour. And uh, we were nice. sitting there, and I hear my girlfriend Dana scream in the other room, uh, right in here, because I was in the other room. And she comes rushing into the room because Dunkin' Donuts was doing a contest on Instagram where uh, you could submit to enter this contest to uh, possibly win the chance to be able to get married 
uh, in February at a Dunkin' Donuts drive-thru. Uh, what a venue. All, who would have wanted to do that? Yeah. I mean, it's sure? got to be free donuts, right? <laughs> I mean, in COVID times, it, it could be kind of rough. So why not? Uh, yeah. So we, oh, here she comes. Oh, no pants on. She's got no pants on. Hey! Uh, so, Look at that. So man. we submitted. We both made a post uh, on Instagram to Duncan explaining why we wanted this. Um, and then the deadline, the judging phase was today. And we found out we are one of three winners. Holy shit. So Uh, wait, wait. First off, this is the most Boston thing in the world. Yes, happening in New York City, which I consider a victory. We snatched that one from Beantown. If they had not limited it to New York, we would have there would have been so many entrants. But the fact Mm -hmm. that it was just New York State Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. gave us a shot. Yeah, so you what, won. You won against like several Affleck brothers. So congratulations. <laughs> so what? Uh, do I don't know if you know yet. What happens at a Dunkin' Donuts wedding? So we're still waiting for more details. We literally found out that we won today, um, and uh, it would happen next Friday. Uh, Friday? Oh, Holy next shit! Friday. What? Not this Friday. Oh, next okay. Oh, oh, that's so fun. much that's time, to time to plan. Um, so much yeah. time to plan a wedding. Yeah, I was engaged for a week too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, you got married at a Wendy's drive-thru, right, Alex? Carl's Jr. Carl's Jr. Sorry. We had it in California. Um, <laughs> we wouldn't get Arby's, huh? Trying to go through, but I have to go get a haircut. I have to buy a no. suit. Don't uh, you change. Don't you change. Don't let Dunkin' Donuts change I'm also you. just trying to figure out the thing here. Is it that donuts look like rings? Is that what's going on? <laughs> Alex, don't look too hard I'll try. Don't look at the sun. I don't know what they were thinking in terms of putting this out there, but I'm grateful for the opportunity. <laughs> nice. That's the right answer, my friend. Oh, man. That's, That's amazing. so exciting. I love this. And I love that you're here for the show. You're going to hang out for the whole show, which we're very excited about. Um, so I'll tell you what, we're going to invite our first official. Real, real quick, though, would oh, you yeah. mind grabbing me um, a, a medium coffee? Just black. <laughs> you don't want. Just. Uh... <laughs> I'm going to be really upset if we don't make it out of this wedding with coffees in our hands. Like, yeah. <laughs> come on. Be like, hey, congratulations. Here's one donut. <laughs> Someone's throwing sprinkles instead of rice. I'll guarantee that. Yeah, maybe yeah. Boston creams. That would be gross. <laughs> All right, we're going to invite our first guest in here. Uh, he is the creator of a very successful Kickstarter, among other things. Uh, his name is Sal Abedanti. Uh The name of the project is The Hostage, and we're about to hold him hostage to get some information. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> no. Yep. Wow. That's, that's right. Probably shouldn't have said that. Uh, but it's a great project. Uh, he, You've probably seen him around at comic conventions back when those were happening quite a bit uh, because he runs the Alex Ross and Bill Sinkwich booths. Um, yes. He's an art dealer there. I'm sure we'll chat about that. Uh, but this The Hostage Project is really fascinating. And as soon as he works his way into the stream here, we will chat all about it. Uh, I'll also mention you can check it out, as mentioned, on Kickstarter um, right now, as usual, for our show. This is a ridiculously successful Kickstarter already, but we'll give it that little bit comic book bump. Yeah. Uh, right now, when I last checked, it was at 34000 from the $25,000 goal. So nice. Goal. That's what you call right. a stretch goal, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what. This show is all winners. Oh, boy. <laughs> cool. Very cool, Alex. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, no uh, problem. 
Uh, how are you doing while we're waiting for Sal to cut out of the stream, Justin? Oh, here he is. I mean, Never mind. Oh, I don't hey, Sorry, guys. Sal. Oh, I've, been okay. try, I've been I've been working on it like for the last five minutes. I, oh no! I All good. All good. Donuts. How are you doing, Sal? Good to see you. Good to see Great you. to see you. Wow, you're living in a, some sort of New York uh, memorabilia place. Uh, you start. I started, I, I found an old, I used to live near an old guy who moved from New York who used to paint. Mm-hmm. Ah. Stations. So he's like, hey, I'm throwing these out. You want them? And I was you like, want every street sign I can think of? <laughs> no, he was throwing them away. So I, I, when you're single, you collect all kinds of shit. And oh, yeah. Married, I'm so jealous. And, all I got are these Christmas lights in this Miller High Life sign. Right. That's all I got. They look good here because it's the only place my wife won't complain about them. <laughs> That's nice. what I'm talking about. Yeah. So uh, normally, in a normal world, and correct me if this is the incorrect title, but uh, you're an art dealer, right? Like you deal with Alex Ross, Bill Chenkwich, a couple of other artists. Uh, but now you're doing this Kickstarter project. was amazing. We'll show off some art in a second. But have you, was covid was this lockdown was that the impetus for it or was that something no 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 i i I was i started as an artist i worked in advertising and then i couldn't make enough money at it i I got sick of top ramen three times a day you know and (laughs) trail mix and jello and i just couldn't make enough money at being an artist to you know to actually have an existence that didn't involve sleeping in a gremlin so I <laughs> I worked with Alex at Leo Burnett in advertising. We knew each other. He asked me to help him out. One thing led to another. That was 20 years ago. And but I've always done I've always been an artist. Mm-hmm. So this just kind of happened. I've been grinding away at the hostage for like the last 10 years, but wow. um COVID kind of put a complete kibosh on all the trade shows and everything. So I had a I had more of a chance to finish it. Yeah. Cool. Uh so this has a pretty interesting uh, impetus uh, a reasoning that goes back to i think it's when you were 25 or something yeah. like that and taking I, a trip. I went to brazil like just yeah. to you know have a good time and mm. drink and i thought it was going to be a fred astaire movie where i was just on the beach and it was you know the <laughs> Soleil commercial and then when i got there it was a whole different story i mean it was all that but yet you run into these homeless kids everywhere thousands of them little kids all under yeah. the age of like 10 years old and the street gangs, and it, there's this whole, and it just, some things you can't unsee. And I couldn't unsee these kids. So when I failed miserably trying to get into Marvel in DC, I mean, I wanted to go in the front door and draw Devil Dinosaur. And they were like, you're out of your mind, you know, when they saw my work. Your work is too disturbing, they told me. Oh. I, and I stood in every portfolio line, and every, and they were just, so when I knew I wanted to do a, an indie project, you know, the, the most important thing with an indie project is find something you got some leverage on, some emotional leverage that you can really, you can deliver better than anybody else because you got nothing to lose. I mean, most people don't buy yeah. indie books. Comic mm-hmm. stores shy away from indie books. They're like cigarettes at 7-Eleven. They go with Newport. They go with Cool. They go with Marlboro. You're not going to find a lot of. You can't find the devil dinosaur cigarettes like you want. (laughs) You can never. You don't. (laughs) Right. You do, but they're usually the first ones. You know. Hey, you got a pack of fucked up cigarettes? I could buy. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I just I knew I wanted to do something that was not just guys in capes. You know, because you, you had guys that did that really good, and I wasn't one of those guys. So I knew I had to take my style and kind of do something that was more personal. Yeah. Well, talk about the specific pitch for this book, because it's such a fascinating, gorgeously drawn book. 
Uh, I'm curious wow. to hear why, how how it ended up being tackled this way. Uh, the t- I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. the title. No, no, no. Just the oh, whole the idea for the book, well, the artistically you know, I mean, how you approach it. It just it, again, it just it's a real personal project. It's something that I wanted to do. That I just felt that look, I I I didn't I knew my stuff didn't look like anybody else, and that's mm-hmm. that, that's a blessing and a curse. I couldn't get yeah. arrested, you know, at wow. at the wow. companies, you know, at the main publishers. So finally, you just have to resign yourself to say, hey, man, you know, I'm the leper with the most fingers. I can't do anything else. I don't don't know what else to do. This is the only way I can't draw, you know, Scooby-Doo. So I felt this was, you know, and I kind of resigned myself to that idea at a certain age. But again, I wanted to go in the front door, but it just wasn't going to happen. So Uh, but it's, it's... Beautiful oh, work. I mean, like, yes, uh, I hate to hear you talking it down, especially when we're seeing it on the screen here. It's really no, no, I'm, I'm, no, I'm, content, I'm content with what I do. But when you want to play shortstop for the Yankees, and you, just, <laughs> you know, and they tell you, yeah. what are you crazy? You have to you're throwing around a human head instead of you're a baseball. Gonna, you're going to pivot and do something else and still be an artist or you're going to just, you know, Mm-hmm. keep or give it up and i didn't there was no way i was going to give it up so i just said you know what i've got to put my money where my mouth is and put out my own book mm-hmm. and and you know indie titles are are you know are tough to get yeah. comic stores and to get comic fans to buy into indie titles i mean yeah. they're there the indie crowd is there but you know it, there, there's a lot of loyalty in comics of people that want their characters sure so, so what is the what's the pitch for the book? What's the pitch line if you can? It's basically, it it, it, you know, it's it's the homeless kid. It basically deals the hostages a metaphor for uh, it's it's loosely based on the boogeyman, which there's a lot of, of wow. offshoot amalgam type religions in Rio and in Brazil that came from the slaves and came from the indigenous tribes of the Amazon. And they have these boogeymen that protect children and protect them, evil spirits from murdered children and so it kind of that that was kind of the the basis of where it came from where these kids when they're murdered and they're being murdered you know every day but thought you know thousands of these kids are getting killed a year because they live on the streets i felt that there was something there that i wanted to tell a story without patronizing the narrative you know i didn't want to go i know I'll, I'll use homeless kids and then have a ghost yeah. rider character. So I, I knew I needed to kind of find something in that was true to the, the culture of Brazil. And yeah. there's a lot of voodoo and a lot of, of these, these kind of offshoot religions that exist there that I based the story on. So it sort of feels like you, you, you found your, you went drew the content toward your style as an artist to have this uh, story that, that went into this sort of darker stuff, uh, but was still evocative and from a, another, uh, from Brazil. You, you, you start it one way and you don't really necessarily see it that way. And then you look back on it and you go, man, you know, when you let it breathe for a little bit, you do realize it's, it's, it's kind of disturbing. Like they told me, you know, but <laughs> you know, there, there's well, really, but- you get to a certain age and you are who you are. Yeah, well, but I also, and to your point about indie books versus like mainstream superhero books, like, yeah, it's harder to like get people to take a chance. But I do think once a f- people do start to take a chance, it really stands out. And it's like, you got to read this book. Like this art is like, it feels it's it has a, just looking at it, it feels like you have that dream uh, element and you're like, sort of, it's so it sticks with you when, when you see it. 
Well, thank you. I mean, look, at the end of the day, we you're into comics because you love it. If you're doing yeah. it for the money, forget about it. If you're doing it because you think you're going to, you know, you're going to run down the street and girls are going to throw underwear at you. It's not going to happen. You, 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 you know, I'm pretty sure that happens. Well, yeah. you know, I'm pretty sure I, that happens. it's like it's either COVID. I believe comics are in your blood or they're not. You know, you really have yeah. to love this stuff. So that was my main motivation was I had to stay in comics. I I was able to eat because I was the main pimp for for Alex and Bill. And that's that's a great way to make a living. But as an artist, it's not terribly rewarding. I wanted to always be an artist. I didn't want to just be, you know, the guy with the polyester suit at Sears. So I <laughs> I, I knew that I had to continue to draw. Yeah, I always keep a pair of my underwear in my pocket in case I see a comic book artist. It, it, well, right. some get underwear thrown at them. Not, but you know what I'm saying? With comics, you really got to get into it because you love it and you want to do it. Well, when I see you, I want to say when I see you and I want to say I'll see you at 179th Street in Jamaica Center. I'm going to throw <laughs> right. a pair of boxer shorts right at you. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, we got a question here on Crowdcast for you, actually, Sal. Uh, Sal, are you still doing Atomica? Yeah. Atomica was another uh, was a it was my a cruder attempt at me trying to to channel more of my love for Kirby. I put out a book called Atomica, God is Red, about six or seven years ago. Yeah. And it was really just me drawing what I would would have done had they given me Thor and New Gods. And I played with the Russian kind of uh, Soviet superhero thing. And, yeah, I think so. I mean, right now, it's it's all about the hostage. And this Kickstarter thing is like an 800-pound gorilla. I mean, we, anybody that wants to do it, I recommend doing it. But it's a lot of work. I mean, you've got to be willing to really go to bat for it, and and you got to be aggressive, and you got to hustle, and you got to nag people. I mean, I feel like I mean, you, and you feel bad because you're always, you know, constantly asking and asking. But you know, I felt also felt Kickstarters. If you want to put a book out, or you've got a product you want to put out, it's it's a, such a great way to deal with the public directly. I can actually show you some pages have a little video to explain it to you. Whereas when I put out Atomica, you put an ad in Diamond and you waited to see what happened. Oh, you wow. waited yeah. to get your orders. And if they were in, they were in. If they weren't, they weren't. You know, you'd go to Midtown Comics and you'd say, hey, how come? And they would tell you to get lost. <laughs> like you went to cons and you set up in Artist Alley. And then if you sat next to the, the guy, you know, uh, Lacey Underall from Caddyshack, nobody bought, bought your book because they were too busy staring at her tits. So I thought I got to have a more direct way, you know. Yeah. Classic <laughs> story. Classic comic book story. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, Artist Alley is getting diluted by so many other things now that if you're really there as a comic creator, it's tough. You've got to, mm. you know, you've got to make the most noise and you got to try to get it out there. So kickstarter's cool in that sense and i saw what billy tucci was doing and jimmy palmiati and and brian polito and the guys at aspen and they were like you know it wasn't about just hey we need the money it's about hey let me see if anybody really gives a shit about this let me see if there's any traction here so you can get more of a straight response if they loved it or hated it and i can live with that but as long as it gets a fair shake when when you go through diamond you don't always feel like you're getting a fair shake Okay. Right. Uh, I do want to ask you about the topic of comic conventions that obviously nobody knows what's going to happen in the future. But given that you do make your primary living off of that, has there been any thought? Has there been any talk of what potentially 
comic book conventions are going to be like in either the near future or the far future at this point. I have every, I have every confidence they'll be back. I have no doubt in my mind that this time next year, Reed and everybody will, will be amping up for 2021, uh, 2022. I don't think we're going to see anything this summer. I think yeah. fall at the soonest, but I, I think we'll be back with a vengeance. I really believe that. And I'm not just blowing smoke. I think that we want them to come back, but cons, we need the confidence. You know, you need to be able cons are all about bullshitting and shaking hands and talking and, Hey, how yeah. are you? What are you doing? And two hours use the bathroom at the Javits and, you know, it's my favorite part and, and, you know, that kind of thing. But until everybody's all confident with what's going on, I don't see it happening. I mean, not this summer. I mean, the, yeah. I mean, the Reed has already talked about having a show here in Chicago next December, which why you'd yeah. want to come to Chicago in December. I have. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, to be fair, the, the wind will blow the COVID all the way out to the lake. <laughs> no, well, well, no one's going to come because it's, it's, it's like the beginning of the thing, you know, when, when the Swedes <laughs> are chasing the dog and they're shooting at him and you're going, Oh, that poor dog. And then you find out later on why they were shooting at the dog. It's because they came to Chicago in the wintertime. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, what they're thinking. One, I, two weeks, I used to. Two weeks I, before Christmas in December in Chicago. Yeah. I mean, why don't you just say, hey, you got to cut yourself with a razor blade to get in on top of it. And then, and then they're talking about going to the Javits, you know, that same year. And you're like, guys, the Javits right now is like a mash unit. And you want people to go in there and go through quarter boxes. It's not yeah. happening this year. I mean, no, I, I think up, you're right. Yeah. I think probably Emerald Con next spring will be the one we talk about. That'll be the first show of the year. And we'll be talking about Emerald and we'll be talking about MegaCon. And then we'll be talking and then we'll be the buildup. Now, a, a, you know, a shorter answer. I mean, who's going to go? I don't know. I mean, I know I'll go, but I don't know. I mean, how much TV, how much movie? is in the pipeline for you to go pimp it at San Diego. I mean, so much production is all down right now. Well, but I do think they're backed up so much. Yeah. And I think production is – production's moving forward no matter what at this point. The boys I, just started I, I shooting this so. week. I hope so. I mean, I My, miss uh, San Diego. I'm, I, I miss San Diego. I miss, you know, doing – I don't miss the Javits, but I miss New York. I mean, the Javits is <laughs> – well, let me ask you. We let talk me a tell lot you of... about. Let me tell you about the Javits. The Javits is so bad. I had to go to where the toe lot to take a shit when I went to the because the bathrooms downstairs were like Sen High School. They were like literally like my high school. Yeah, I know. I know you're slagging it off. Like, guys, this is a world class city with a world class You don't have a bathroom. Hundred percent. I I know you're slagging it off a little bit, but the only place I will take a shit Ooh. is to a lot at the Javits. I, I had yeah. to lie. Really I came here to get my beautiful two El Camino, and, <laughs> and I go, I'll be right back. Can I use your bathroom? And I ran in the bathroom, and I came out, and I go, did you, did you got it? He goes, we don't have an El Camino. And I said, all right, I'll be back. And I ran back into the convention hall. That's wow, good scam. Move. As yeah. it's not, as a Javits pro, um, we talk a lot about the food because Pete um, over there loves the barbecue uh, on the lower level <laughs> okay. of the Javits Center. That sounds like a mistake, Pete. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No. I mean, God bless you. Yeah. I mean, what do you, I mean, what do you eat at, at the con? 
wait, I just want to mention for anybody uh, watching on video, this is actually a prior recording of Pete. He died five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just keep laying in the same yeah, clip week after it. week. Uh, but the question York, was, but what's I, your... But I don't like to... I bet the Javits is, leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah. And when you go out there to get a cab, it's like the fall of Saigon when you're out there standing on 10th Avenue. You're standing out there, and it's like, who are you guys kidding? You got to walk to Times Square. To gotta walk. Gotta, gotta walk to eight. Gotta walk. Yeah. Uh, I love talking about this. I could talk about this forever, but just uh, before we let you go to get back to the Kickstarter, so it's going for another twenty-three days at this point. Is that right? Yeah. About? Just it just it, you know we're doing it for a month. It just started, and and so far we're do I, I I'm over. Yeah, congrats, the- man. Really, really well. I can't. I can't, I mean, we've we're already funded to to publish it, so I'm very excited. But I, yeah, but it looks I amazing. Knew you had to get other, you had to get lots of stretch goals in there. So I got Alex Ross and Dilson Kevich and Jeff Darrow and, and a few other guys, right. uh, Eric Powell and a few other guys to do these great pieces for me to kind of help, you know, you know, pull more people in and give them more perks. And, and I'm, I'm very excited. I didn't really expect it. Or you never, you, you, you go into it ambitious and think it's going to be cool, but you never really know yeah. how it's going to go. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Congratulations. Thanks, Sal. So great talking to you. We'll see you at Emerald Con, hopefully, sometime next year. (laughs) Guys, anything you need. Anything I I I'll I'll tell you where the tow lot is if you need it, but don't. Uh, I, yeah, appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. Well, Take care, Sal. Have a great night, Sal. Guys, I really appreciate make an app, yeah. Sal. Every con, <laughs> it's call Amazing. it shit starter, and it'll be where you tow to the bathroom at any. I'll tell you what, Mama. that's terrible, and I really hate it. Uh, but thank you for suggesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it's not a bad Once again, Sal Abenanti, uh, the project is called The Hostage. You can check it out on Kickstarter now. And I'm going to invite our second guest in here. Uh, great guy, very funny writer, uh, really smart writer, too. He is uh, the writer of Dear Justice League for DC Comics and All Ages, a book that is really fun. You should pick up if you have kids yeah. or if you don't have kids. Uh, he's also contributed to Flash Facts, a new anthology that has just come out this very day, edited by none other than Mayim Bialik, PhD. Uh, and he has a sequel to Dear Justice League called Dear Supervillains that is coming out pretty soon. Uh, so we'll be chatting about that uh, oh. as well. Uh, while we're waiting for him to come into the street, oh, Alex, Howard, no, I, Alex, I thought you timed it perfectly so that he, that um, they'd come in right when you finished saying it. No, no, no. How are you doing, Justin? How's it going? Uh, well, this feels like a hangover question from last time. But let me say, I'm doing great. Okay. Um, yeah? Uh, uh, yeah, normal. I guess normal. I mean, fine. I'm not great, but like just <laughs> surviving. I mean, I'm suffering uh, in a lot of ways, oh, but okay, just trying good. to get by. Uh, Sean Carlo, how about you? You uh, okay. married at Dunkin' Donuts yet? No follow-ups. Not yet. Uh, we got a week till that, which I'm sure, like the rest of the year, is going to feel like a month. Um, but, but you got—I feel like at a drive-through uh, wedding, you know, you don't have to get the shoes. You know what I mean? As long as you got like the top part on, you could get away with just like having some Pumas or something on. You know, nobody would know. Do you yeah, get I, out of the car? We're not entirely sure if it's like, are we in a car going through a drive-through? Do we walk through a drive-through? Is it at the Dunkin' Donuts and just not actually uh, in the actual drive-through? Like you know, just in the parking lot, you're saying? Yeah, like we're we're waiting for more information here. Yeah. Now, uh, now let me say I worked the Burger King drive-through for a year and a half in high school, oh, here so go. I have a lot of experience when it comes to drive-through stuff. So let me know if you want any questions about like where cars stop, 
and where <laughs> the window is and stuff like I can really help you through that stuff. I'm gonna we're gonna have to commit to the drive-through thing from here on out. So any other life events, I, I yeah, will I know that's really gonna be birth of the drive-through, die yeah. the drive-through. Those are the two mm-hmm. other events. I've got a couple drive-through funerals this weekend. It's gonna be really great. Oh, that's they're all, sorry they're, for your loss. They're at a Carl's Jr. Actually, yeah, <laughs> makes sense. Uh, here, wait, keep talking about this. We're going to try to invite Michael. Again. All right. Oh, keep so, talking about this? John, Giancarlo, what I want to know is, did you propose before this Dunkin' Donuts thing happened or because of the Dunkin' Donuts thing? Oh, we'll find out after this because here's <laughs> Way to build the drama. Now, I, want to, I want to hear this, too. I want to, <laughs> how this no, works. So right now, there has been no proposal, and she's like, you better start thinking quickly because you got about oh, a week. you got a week to put it together. You still oh, have a proposal. Nothing more romantic than yeah. inviting her over here on the stream right now and proposing <laughs> to her on podcast. We'll give her her own separate box in the stream, which is very generous, and she can, she can propose that way. Oh I've got some can... like this, but uh, I have about a week to figure it out. So we'll right. okay, good. Well, we have a show next week. Next week, time. so if you could, yeah, yeah, think about it. Uh, Michael, welcome. So excited to have you here. So excited to chat with you again. Uh, you've got a lot of compliments on your shirt. First of all, what's going on? Oh uh, yeah, shirt? I got the uh, Hall yeah, of Doom. Yeah. Uh, excellent. Uh, I mean, this is the is the real tragedy, right? We have all our shirts, and we do not have any cons to wear them out. Right? It's just, uh, it's yeah. tragic. I wear it around the house. I get no comments whatsoever. Uh, right? Like I just nothing. Honestly, I get re- the opposite of love when I'm wearing my geek shirts around the house. Maybe. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about flashbacks, which is out today. Super fun anthology. Uh, you wrote a story involving Kid Flash and Flash that comes a little later in the book. The thing that I think uh, yeah. that I was very surprised about from the title and everything, I was like, oh, okay, it's going to be an encyclopedia. I get it. But it's not that at all. It's actually like superhero stories that very sneakily work in STEM stuff, right? I mean, yeah, that was the idea. And, and definitely that was my whole point the whole time is just to make this seem like you're reading a comic book and it's like, oh, wow, I just learned a ton about global warming. Like, how, how did that happen? Yeah. Right? Like, um, so, but I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot of, of actual information in there. So, you know, the idea is to make it seamless, but you probably know you're being educated at some point. But um, it was just super fun. I mean, ultimately, right, like, I was writing Weather Wizard, who... I was obsessed with for like a solid year as a kid, like weather wizard is super cool. And so like I did the um, global warming, Arctic ice melting one. And so like weather wizard was just kind of a gimme there. Right. Like, um, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Like just like you're not helping weather wizard. Right. Like, and, um, (laughs) and so it was just super fun. I mean, it was just an opportunity to write a character, I've always been, I mean, Flash and Kid Flash, that was cool too. But like, you know, I like the villains, right? And um, <laughs> um, Weather Wizard was one of those ones that just, like when I was, especially when I was little, just really fascinated me. And that's like maybe because it's like telekinesis. It's one of these things where you could almost think that maybe you do have this power, yeah. right? You're like, like did I make that rain? Like, did I do that? Like <laughs> with my bad mood? Like, um, <laughs> like I, I do, I do remember that. Like, just like 
reading those comics when I was a little kid and thinking like that would be a cool power. Like some of the powers are like, what am I going to do with this? I'm seven, you know, like, but like <laughs> some of them, like controlling the weather, it's like endless snow days and all of that. Like, yeah, yeah ice skating like, doesn't seem like a power that I really uh, need to strive for. <laughs> uh, but yeah, when, like, when I when I was a kid, my dad would hold his breath and be like, watch when I hold my breath, the rain stops. And later I realized we were just going under bridges, but he really fooled us for a long time. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's good. Uh, so, Michael, you do this really well in Dear Justice League as well, where mm-hmm. you have it's a fun book. First and foremost, there's fun adventures going on. But like you were saying before, there's kind of sneaky lessons going on there right at the same right. time. So how do you layer that in? How do you find the balance where you're not getting to the point where you're being too didactic with kids? <laughs> Well, I mean, I think the the main thing for me is just to to tell the story first, you know what I mean? Like, and then um, maybe you're looking for opportunities, but to, instead of like construct the lesson first and then build the story around it, I, you know, I want to do the opposite. You know, I want to tell the story. And if there's something else I want to do, you know, that's that's an element that I can include, but I, I want that, you know, the 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 arc of it and everything to be, you know, story first, action first, all of that. And for me, I wanted to see Flash and Weather Wizard fight, right? You know, so like, so if you just go in with that in your heart, right? Like, then you can like, uh, you can talk about, you know, ocean currents and stuff like that. And that, that <laughs> was actually like, sort of a puzzle-like element to like include that. But ultimately, like, just like, what's going to be cool? What's going to be fun for the readers? You know, like... And, you know, and just like kind of like Sal said, it's like, you know, it should be the same thing that's cool and fun for you. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. like these kids want to see the superhero and supervillain fight. And that's what I want to see. You know what I mean? So that's that's what we did. And that's that's how we constructed it. And then, you know, there is there's actually a ton of science in there. But um, it's like a little bit like if you've got an adventure, it's taking place on like the third moon of Jupiter. I really hope Jupiter has three moons. I don't, I don't know. But like, <laughs> but like, that's the stuff. Those are the details, right? That, that you're going to like color the story in with and it's going to be still cool and fun, right? But like, um, it's the same sort of thing. Like this is a flash story. And the fact that there's um, some science in there, that's the the color, the details, the fun, you know what I mean? Like, and, and that's that's the way I approach that. Yeah, I would argue that even having having as a writing project, having goals that you have to hit like that actually helps a little bit because then you're like, I know the points I'm, I'm okay. getting to and I'm just filling in fun to get to this this flashback. Yeah. Yep, 100%. Yep. Cool. Uh, so the way this project is put together, you got Mayim Bialik as the editor. How was she as an editor and was she a monster? What? I'm Alex, I'm what? I want to get to the no. real issues here. What no, are you Alex is the I least signed, journalistic of all of us. Let's just say that. I, I signed just a lot of stuff that said I couldn't say what a complete monster she may <laughs> have been. Uh, Smart to no, do actually, that. I mean, yes, she was what you would call sort of our fearless leader in this role, like the big captain, like we had our editor, you know, also who um, just told us what we had done wrong on page three. That was not (laughs) her so much, you know, Um, 
it made a lot of mistakes on page three, right? But like yeah, um tough page. Um tough page. He's yes, the the big captain. Um, and it mostly was like the um like who would be on like a pirate ship? Who would actually beat you? Like if you weren't reefing the sail fast enough, it wouldn't be the captain, right? Like it would the be Bozen. like yeah, the bosun or someone like that. Yeah. So she was the captain. She was at the helm, steady hand, and obviously so smart and like so just discerning in terms of selecting this stuff and putting the pieces together. But in terms of, of the actual, um, you know, the editing and stuff like that, we had, you know, you know, our, our sort of normal editor and and, um, and that worked out well because um, she would, she's used to beating us. Right. So then it was yeah, <laughs> it was like specialization of labor there yeah yeah uh now the other thing that you have coming up though is dear supervillains which is a sequel to yes. dear justice league uh for those who didn't pick up dear justice league that took the form of a bunch of letters that were written to the justice league them answering it it's very sweet very funny very cute uh but the thing yeah. that i think is great about the book is it has an overarching story at the same time it's not just uh, short stories Dear supervillains, obviously you're flipping the script a little bit there. Are you taking the same format? Is it still letters, but people writing, Dear Joker, can you kill me? Right. Or... Yeah. What? So, <laughs> so what first of all, the chat, the chat. I don't know. What would you write the Joker? The, That's what I want to know. The first mate. Jokes? The first mate who would do that on a yeah. pirate ship, right? Like first yeah. mate who would yeah. And someone says the first mate is the vice principal of ships, which is which is true. So yes. um so then um uh, yeah she was the principal and our editor was the vice principal and so um but yeah so dear justice league um was um yeah letters very sort of open honest letters from kids to superheroes right so, so um dear supervillains yeah it's is still it's letters from kids but um it's a little different. Like you write to um, Superman, you're going to use your full name, right? You're not too, but it's like you write <laughs> to, you know, Joker, or, you know, Catwoman or someone, you might, um, you know, maybe use a pseudonym or just cool. like a first name. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's less of these really like open questing sort of, you know, like, like seeking answers in a confusing world thing than just like curiosity, you know, like, mm -hmm. um, why are you so bad? What's that like a little bit? And I, I call oh. it sort of like a, a very safe walk on the wild side, right? So on the oh, dark that's side. Awesome. Um, and yeah, so you have kids um, writing in to the, uh, actually to the um, Legion of Doom's tip line of evil is what they're oh. writing into. <laughs> the, the Legion of Doom tip line of evil. And they are, um, but a little more uh, guarded. And the thing has a very similar structure in that it has the individual letters, the individual villains, and then sort of a culmination at the end, um, but a very different tone. So, and that starts with the letters. The letters are more guarded. The villains are less forthcoming, you know, with their answers. Um, That's so Maybe cool. a little, a little more diluted with their sense of, of self. And um, like what we see in, Dear Justice League is teamwork working essentially. You know, like the the heroes aren't perfect, but they sort of they work together. They make up for each other's flaws. And what we see in Dear Supervillains is more like teamwork not working, right? So like competitive, jealous, deluded. Um, and th there's 
just a little bit more dramatic irony, right? Where the readers know stuff that the characters don't, which is funny because some of the readers will be six years old here, but like <laughs> the villains are adults, but they do not have the most clear-eyed conception of their own, you know, like characters. Like, uh-huh. And so, yeah, it's just a very um, similar structure, but just very different tone very different feel, even down to like the colors. Um, Dear uh, Justice League was bright yellows and yeah. blues and reds. This is a lot of really like murky grays and greens and purples. It's a different feel and um, it's doing a different thing sort of in a, in a, a way that like on a surface level is, is, is similar, but really it's a very different book. Now, how many crimes did you commit to get yourself in the headspace of fifth characters? Yeah, I mean, I started out like one per chapter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, Smart. I was Good. like, oh, Smart. like yeah, I want to commit like a like a, a Lex kind of crime mm-hmm. here, like something cerebral. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. um, and then it just becomes addictive. You might know. You know what I mean? Like, like just, I love crimes, right? You just. <laughs> spend this time outside the lines of polite society oh, and yeah it's it's and hard to get it's back like, in you get caught you get caught you know mm-hmm. NY, i'm in new york nypd is pretty good right say so, like you get caught <laughs> and you're just like i'm writing a kid's book you know what i mean like so you get you know like, <laughs> let him go but you know after like the second or third time where it's mm-hmm. you know you see that yeah so still writing that kid's book Buddy, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, when is this coming out? Do you have a publication date for it yet? I do. In fact, it is uh, April sixth, so it's oh, it's coming up. Um, in fact, it was um, originally it was going to be like October, November, and it got pushed. And I was like, well, you know, it's a bummer. You know, it's going to get it's going to get pushed. I won't have a book coming out this year, but at least the whole COVID thing will be over by then, right? So yeah, that. Yeah, turned out not to be the no, case, but um, right. yeah, uh, I, well, awesome. I, yeah. I'm very excited to check it out. Uh, uh, Flashbacks, much, yeah. the story yeah. is super fun as well. Uh, so uh, we talked about Dear Justice League on this show, and uh, we it's a great book. Yeah. So fun. yeah, thank you very much. I was yeah, I was on it. it. Was it was super fun? I mean, it's it's really interesting. And Dear Justice League, I, you know, I love that book. And also, you know, I can't talk about either book without talking about uh, Gustavo Duarte, who's you know the artist who's just just brilliant um and um really you know he did such a great job with the the heroes because it's such a dynamic lively sort of fun style but it's also a really good style for the villains you know what i mean because it's really a little like angular and subversive and stuff Mm -hmm. and just yeah just a fantastic artist really fun to work with him again on this we had a different colorist uh, chris peter um, another Brazilian colorist. We had uh, uh, Marcelo Maiolo for the first one, um, and uh, Wes Abbott, who's just just awesome with letters. Um, it was just fun to have, like, yeah, to work with the team and and uh, and come up with this. And I'd be really interested to see people's reactions, you know, because Dear Justice League is really easy book, you know, to you know to to sort of. To like, you know what I mean? It's a, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a big hard book. We love these characters. It was kind of a love, love letter to these characters. In this book, we're doing something different. I mean, it's, 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 it's a little villainous, and uh, um, it's going to be fun to see how, um, how readers react to that. 
Yeah. We got a question here in the comments uh, from over on Crowdcast from Kevin says, real question for Michael, is this the original 13 villains of the Legion or did you pick and choose them from across DC? Yeah. So um, we, we did some picking and uh, we did some choosing and uh, it's a, a little similar with um, Justice League. You know what I mean? Um, where you have some core members, you, you sort of feel like you have, you, you, you're not going to write like um, Justice League without Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. And there's an element of that with Legion of Doom. But um, we definitely um, did some picking and choosing to construct the team. The the only one that honestly was non-negotiable for me was Gorilla Grodd, who is my favorite villain of all time. Um, And um, I got to write a... Gorilla Grodd is the longest chapter in the book, which... um, (laughs) Which just it just happened, I swear. Um, but I got to write this full like young Gorilla Grodd adventure, and it, it was like um, it was just it was just fantastic. But um, but then there was some selection. We wanted some variety in the team, and honestly, Legion of Doom a little less familiar than Justice League in general, you know. So I felt like we had some latitude in who we selected, and um, it's a fun mix. But I will say that some of the chapters snuck up on me like um giganta is in the book and mm. like you know the the public isn't like you better put giganta in your legion <laughs> book, you, yeah. you know like like but i love that chapter and it really snuck up on me and and writing a less familiar villain it's a lot of open territory a chance to do something like new um like a new take and it was really uh really fun to do that so it's it's a mix of some very familiar big name villains some less um, prominent villains who were still just a blast to write and contribute to the team dynamic. But, you know, in Dear Justice League, it was the team working together seamlessly, and this is the opposite, right? Like, it's yeah. just how not to be a team, which I think is, <laughs> it just, it's very funny, but it's also, and it's a little instructive, perhaps, and, uh, but it was, it was still the question of getting the right elements, you know, yeah. um, in Dear Justice League, it was to blend. In this one, it was to create a small explosion. Right. So, yeah. Well, very excited to check it out. Congratulations on everything. Congratulations yeah. on flashbacks as well. Uh, and, thank uh, you very much. Yeah. yeah thanks Hopefully for having we'll me back. Yeah. All right. Great to yeah, see you. Great to see you, man. That was great. Congrats. Nice to see you again. All right. I keep cutting people off. Uh, but there you go. Heartless. Michael Northrup. <laughs> Heart out. Uh, flashbacks out today. As mentioned, April 6th. Dear uh, Supervillains. I was about to say Justice League, but that's wrong. Uh, and folks, we're and now we turn it over to Giancarlo, who's going to play oh, yeah. some piano, some piano right now. Wait, we are going to turn to our next uh, section, which is my favorite section because you all make it up. It's your audience question. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Giancarlo, I'm really disappointed that I still have to do the tech, even though you're on the show. Oh, honestly, no, come on, guys, got a week to get married. Come some fucking slack, dude. You're the worst. All right, fair enough. Speaking of which, wait, we had a question before about the wedding, Pete. I think you asked it right before we Michael popped in the stream. Oh yeah, I, I asked you if you. Uh, really proposed or just Dunkin' Donuts proposed, and you're about to kind of break I, that down. I got to do something this week. Oh. oh, okay. Oh, yes, we did. Right All right. 
Yeah. There we go. Uh, great. Uh, so before we get to your questions, and if you have questions, got an eye on YouTube, drop them in the YouTube comments over there. YouTube. Over on Crowdcast. I see a bunch of questions and ask a question already, but you can drop them there as well. Uh, but first, uh, what are you drinking, Pete? Looks like you're not drinking something deathly today. Uh, what's yeah, going on? Pete's drinking smart right there. That's right. A little uh, high life. Subconsciously, I was like, why do I need to go buy the high life? Gotcha. Champagne of beers, yeah. Champagne of beers. Uh, what does uh, your body feel like not having poison or as much poison anyway? Running well, it misses place? it. I, I need, uh, you know, I need it at all times. But, you know, um, you know, that's. Some you gotta mix it up every once in a while, you know. I'll, I'll drink that tomorrow night at your local Mountain Dew store. Are they worried about you? Yeah, they're yeah, like, Hey, where the fuck are you, customer? <laughs> yeah, uh, what about you, Jean Carlo? You're drinking anything tonight? Are you uh, uh I have Dunkin' Donuts moon. coffee? Oh, blue moon here, nice, ah, nice, Ooh, nice, Belgian white. Uh, yep. I got some uh, Southern Tier New Juice IPA going on. New Ooh, Juice? Nice new Juice and you. And you. I just finished off my last Elvis juice from last oh, week. What's with the juice? Love juice. Jumping love over juice. a bit over to Five Burrows Pilsner. Ooh, a wow. lovely light pills. Excellent. Very exciting. Uh, let's jump into some questions here. The first one we've got is for Giancarlo. Question for Giancarlo. Come What's on. Your... This is oh, our no. time to shine. <laughs> Good. <laughs> we've been talking for an hour. Let's keep talking. Uh, question for Giancarlo from Eduardo. What is your favorite CBC moment live show? Ooh. What is my favorite what live show? Uh, Comic book club. Comic book club. Show. Yeah. The show that you're on. When we used to meet live every Tuesday. Right. We used to uh, oh, back man. in the day. That's a good question. I'm realizing it's been a while that I've been teching for you guys. Yes, it has. Yeah. Uh amount of time. I don't know. The uh the one that just instantly jumped into my mind, I didn't really watch Gotham, but you guys had that episode of Gotham with Bruce and uh and Alfred. And yeah. Um, yeah. That was a lot yeah, of- the two of them together. I mean, Alfred is what a character. Uh, that dude yeah. was hilarious. It's, it's tragic that they actually killed the actor when Alfred died in the comic book. <laughs> dude, that is not cool, bro. <laughs> uh, yeah, Kevin mentioned is here. Sean Pertwee played Alfred and Devine Mizzou's played Bruce. And they were both very funny, very odd. They were. Uh, that was, that and was they were like show. buddies in their different great. ages, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, question here from YouTube. Nelson Martinez says, have you guys checked out The Little Things yet? If so, what do you think? I'm thinking about seeing it in a theater. First of all, oh, very brave of you, Nelson. I've I've got a lot to say about this movie. Oh, here we go. Really? Wow. Yeah. I All right, first off, the lineup is unbelievable, okay? You see the preview, and you think, this is going to be amazing. It's Denzel teaming up with the fucking uh what's his face and Rami Malik. Yeah, Rami Malik. Uh I was gonna say uh, it's got a fucking awesome lineup. Denzel Washington, bunch of other guys. Other people yeah. I don't know the names of. And yeah. I'm not I totally blanked on it. I totally blanked that. Because I <laughs> almost said what he, Yeah, Mr. Robot guys. Uh but anyway, so you're like, oh man, they're gonna take down fucking creepy ass Jared Leto, you fucking creepy guy. And you're like, this is going to be so great. You Wait, sit there. On, just to check, Pete, are you about to spoil the end of the movie? Yeah, don't spoil yes, it. I am going to spoil it. No. <laughs> no, because don't waste your time. 
Don't waste your time. You can't get it fucking back. What the reveal is, oh, I was so fucking pissed. And it was just such a retcon. It's like, we don't need more movies about shitty cops. We know what's going on. We don't need this right now. Uh, I I did watch that movie, and I agree it wasn't great. Jared Leto's hair was so moist, (laughs) problematically moist throughout the movie. Um, and yes, uh, Joe in the comments uh, is talking about Natalie Morales in the movie, and she's in the movie. She's in the movie not very much. There's a great, I think I saw her on Twitter talking about how she was shooting this at the same time she was shooting something else mm-hmm. and was doing days and nights, and then a ton of her stuff got cut from the uh, little things. Awful. Uh, awful. Bummer. But uh, she's good in it for the moment she is, and it's a little bit of a letdown. The point of the movie is a little off. It's not what you want. It's not a satisfying point. It's but not the, what they, you want. They do prove, they do execute the story that they're trying to tell. Yeah. Now, I haven't seen it, but based on the title, it's like an Ant-Man style movie where they shrink down and fight crime. The little things. <laughs> yep. Tiny cops. Okay. That would have been better. Love would have been better. I'm into it. I'll watch it later tonight. Uh, question from Kevin. If you got carte blanche to have a theme wedding or vow renewal, what would your dream theme be and how would you do it? <sighs> Um, I think for me, probably Dunkin' Donuts, and I'd do it in a Dunkin' Donuts drive-thru. You go, you go now, Giancarlo. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Oh, God. Uh, how about John Carpenter's The Thing? Ooh, oh, my God. Jesus. I love wow. that. That's intense. That's and terrible. a terrible idea. <laughs> uh, just invite a couple of your close friends and slowly kill them off over the course of the wedding. Yeah, that's fun. Um Pete, uh, what do you th- what do you say? All right, like, like- I mean, there's a lot of obviously you got like two married men, one engaged, almost engaged man. He's not engaged yet, but he has to get married in two weeks, so yeah, right. He's right. sort of he's got his like own problem. Right I would there. like American Gladiator style, where like the guests got to come in the door and I get to beat them with like padded sticks why, and shit. Why are all these wedding things about killing your guests? Yeah, <laughs> and, and let me tell Seems you, like Pete, a fun thing to do. that feels very specifically not about your partner so i would rethink that yeah. i would rethink that. Like, a, like a battle royale style theme. you didn't mention the bride at all in this potential future wedding that you're talking i'm about. fighting everyone for the honor to marry my bride and what it's not romantic about you're that. bringing competitors in like winner weds winner weds at the end of the day no, it's, it's a horrible idea but hey yeah. you know you gotta, Just you gotta throw clear, things around your potential bride has no control over her, her own destiny Exactly. Uh, right, Pete? Right. Oh, Interesting. Man. It's very you know, anti-feminist. You try to make a joke and to have some fun, and it blows up in your face. Yep, you're talking to the wrong quote-unquote friends. Thank you, Justin. I agree. Um, I would throw out uh, water skiing. Just a water skiing ceremony. Just water skiing. Uh, I mean, I will say this is not like a huge dream, but one thing we looked into for our actual wedding was Museum of Natural History, because that's me and my wife's are one of our favorite places in the entire world. You can get like married under the way. Did you do like a first like date that. there or something? Uh, no, we didn't do a first date, but that's like, uh, that really is a Museum of Natural History in New York is one of my favorite places in the world. When I first moved to New York, I would just go there and hang out sometimes. Oh, so you're stuff. just like a couple of big dorks? Is that what the deal is? <laughs> oh my God. Who are you? Yep. But it's too expensive. It was too expensive to get married there. It would be too expensive. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. 
Yeah. Well, if you flash, uh, instead we got uh, married in a place where the guy later was arrested for scabbing people for weddings. So, I yeah, but know that. that was a fun yeah. night, though. That was a fun <laughs> night. <It wasn't. laughs> uh, question over here from YouTube: Scott Carpenter says, "Boothman, what are some of your favorite comics?" Ooh, mm. Ooh uh, you got I a couple of them behind you. Right? All right, behind me. Um, you know what? I've been thinking about this a lot because I've been reading a lot of my stuff sitting here through the pandemic. Um, and I managed to collect uh, all of Lone Wolf and Cub. Wow. Um, and that one, I, I, I can't get past that one. I reread that one uh, over the pandemic. And it's so good. And it doesn't sound like it would be good because the status quo doesn't really ever like upend. It's just like, uh, they encounter another kind of guy that tries to kill them, and uh, Ogami Ito kills them, and then they move on. Uh, that's kind of the whole book uh, until it ramps up towards the end. But what's, it's cool, what's cool about that is if once Dunkin' Donuts gives you a baby, you'll be able to sort of live that on your own. Yeah, uh, dude, sorry, they call them munchkins, Justin. Munchkin, yeah. Giancarlo they're, and munchkins. They're, he, they're human children, though, right? <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't order them. Yeah, they're munchkins because, like, they're like the hole of the human. They come out of the hole. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. Alex, wait. Keep. I'm interested in this. Keep talking. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what else. Do you have any photos of what you're describing, Alex? Yeah, hold on. I'm <laughs> uh, Gotham Central is always good. Ah, great answer. Uh, what else? Fear Agent? I like Fear oh, Agent. Yeah. Yes. A, um... Yeah, those are those are pro- oh that uh that real crazy uh Jonah Hex run, um, yeah, that was Justin Gray. Before, yeah, Justin Gray and yeah, dude. Before New Fifty Two, yeah, uh, yeah. I managed to collect all of that too. Oh, and the other one is Akira. I also have collected all of Akira. Uh, it's weird. I have they they released Akira here in the states at like like in the nineties, like shortly after the movie came out Mm -hmm. and I guess Marvel had some help in it. And this version that they released here in the States, uh, they actually released it in like Wolverine in it. (laughs) Yeah. With Wolverine, uh, they released it in like single issues. Um, and they were all in color and all the coloring was based off the movie. Um, and when I first read Akira, it was actually that version and I hunted them all down, and I have like all thirty-eight vo- issues of that, that's um, awesome. and that's probably like my uh, my holy grail in my collection. Oh, nice! Great yeah. answer. Yeah. Uh, we got a question here from Pablo over on Crowdcast. This is Black History Month. What's your favorite hero of color? And mm. What did that carry character teach you about them as a whole? Ooh, uh, interesting. Well, I uh, it's tough. I mean, I'm going back between uh, Black Panther and Luke Cage, but I've got to go Luke Cage just because uh, for me, it was it, Luke Cage is all about uh, heart and doing what's uh, right and not like leaving to go do bigger. You know what I mean? There are so many people right in front, right right here that need help like why leave to go you know so like i really appreciated uh luke luke cage for that yeah i was gonna say um the other history of the dc universe has been so good that 
it's, uh, that sort of overtakes um, a lot of what I was thinking. The first hero that jumped to mind it, it was Night Thrasher from New Warriors, um, oddly. Even though he wrote a skateboard sort of randomly, like I feel like he was uh, a really well-written character in sort of the main run of that. Yeah. Uh, one to throw out, I mean, I think I'd go Luke Cage as well, just because Luke Cage is awesome. And in particular, like, I really like married Luke Cage, married to Jessica Jones. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kid. There's something about that. It, it shows a completely different side to him and makes him a completely different character in the Marvel Universe. There are so many characters that it's like, yeah, we have a baby and then that baby is now an adult and we can kind of move on. But the fact that they kept that at least for so long has made him feel so unique and different. It gives a softness to a character he doesn't have otherwise. But the other one that I wanted to shout out uh, that we talked about a lot here on the show though it's a recent one, is Stealth from Image Comics. Oh, uh, great call. So good. Uh, this is, if you didn't read it, it's about a, a older character that maybe he's uh, experiencing dementia, maybe he's getting a little bit of Alzheimer's. He used to be like a very dark hawk hero back in the day. Uh, and his son was trying to track him down because he just can't see between the villains and the good guys anymore. So he's going a little wild in the city. And it's a really beautiful, really heartbreaking story. But that ties up with this very neat sci-fi twist at the end that works very, very well. Uh, great. And, and while we're talking about books, we talk about a lot in the same vein. Excellence is mm, an excellent yeah. book um, that very much um, is just a great book, but it's also about uh, blackness um, at its core. And it's just a great read. Yeah. That's an awesome book as well. Uh, let's move back to oh, YouTube. Just... Oh, yes. I, uh, oh, yes. I've been playing a lot of video games during the pandemic and uh, they just released this insanely amazing Miles Morales Spider-Man game. And uh, just seeing all like the kind of company synergy with Marvel and Miles Morales over like the past like two years, uh, specifically like after Spider-Verse kind of blew up and became this bigger thing um, and the way they're just kind of following up with that character, it's so well done. Um, and I know for me personally, this this Spider-Man game they did was really interesting because they it's a sequel to the past Spider-Man game that they just did, which mm -hmm. was like took all it kind of it's its own kind of universe in a lot of ways, but it pulls from a lot of like classic Spider-Man stuff. But this past game took Miles and moved him um, was kind of his origin game. Uh, and they put him in Harlem instead of Brooklyn, and people were kind of really upset about that um, for obvious reasons. But it was really cool for me to play through because uh, I'm from Sp I'm from East Harlem. That's where I grew up, um, and that's where the game's kind of set. Um, I'm also Hispanic, and just kind of playing through that game and kind of having that experience, like the it's weird how they set that up so well in that game to really capitalize on like the. Uh, the location switch since it's in Harlem and just seeing that character get like his real comeuppance um, is really cool. And it's going to be that's interesting awesome. to see how the MCU kind of plays with that. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. A couple of other comments from the, the comments. Joe says static shock, the TV series for me, Ben, the border collie says Joe from far sector. Oh, yeah. Right. Series approach it. Rach. Uh, if you haven't reading far sector, We've been talking about it incessantly. Best Green Lantern book out now. One of the best ever. Uh, Jade yep. Citizen says, 
Night Thrasher's inception and original pitch by Dwayne McDuffie is a fascinating deep dive. An easy reader uh, right on the pulse of America, Monica Rambeau. <laughs> uh, I mean that sincerely, like right now. Yeah, it's uh, ridiculous uh, that uh, we haven't mentioned it. Uh, and uh, also over on YouTube, CC Unit says, for me, the Static Shock cartoon was so good, so subtle, so fun. It's coming to HBO Max. Uh, also says, wish I could have seen these guys live. I would have loved to go to NYC and make a fun weekend out of it, listening for three years now, maybe four. Thank you, CC Unit. That's oh, awesome. yes. so great to hear. Uh, and Pete, you're going to be binging Static Shock on your illegal HBO Max account? I hope so, yeah. As long as Stray Bullet doesn't cut me off, I should be all right. Uh, you shouldn't say that on our podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> But that's all right. We'll uh, just cut that out. We'll just cut that yeah, out. Yeah, we'll cut that yeah, out of the live. Definitely cut that out. Cut yeah, it the yeah. live. Yep. Cut the feed. Uh, this is from Joe. Do you all think members of the Avengers and Justice League should kill folks with a Justice League or Avengers book title? What do you think about that? Should the Justice League kill people? Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess the idea is like, uh, Joe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the idea is like, the Punisher is on Avengers now. Should he still kill people? That sort of thing. Right. I assume a hero who already kills people, if they end up on the big title team, should they keep with it? Or should they tamp it down? I feel like as long as they address it well enough, Mm -hmm. um, this is a bad example for this, but I think of that Uncanny X-Force book uh, where, spoilers, they kind of kill the uh, apocalypse kind of kid in the first, like, arc. And then the second arc, or like the next issue, there's a great issue where they just, it's all fallout because they all think it was wrong. And Deadpool has that great moment where he yeah. just sells off the whole team. Like as long as they kind of address it um, and deal with it, um, I think, why not? I mean, for me, it's like, why would you invite that? Um, if you, <laughs> uh, if you're, it's like when you're hiring someone for a job, it's like straight up killer. Okay. Uh, maybe not for us, but uh, if you do welcome them in, then that does open the door for that uh, as a, a way that you do business. Uh, I guess this is actually a slightly different question uh, because clarifying here in the comments, uh, should Captain America and Superman murder aliens? Uh, and I say, oh. yes, they're not human. <laughs> they got to go. Oh, wow, man. I feel like it's kind of tough because you kind of break the kind of reality of it if you go too deep with it because mm-hmm. that's just kind of the nature of it they're gonna they're gonna ruin a bunch of lives and you don't really think about it too much but the more you kind of focus I, i'm thinking of that adam strange book that's happening right now yeah. uh, you kind of start to break kind of the the kind of uh, illusion of superhero super heroics the more you focus on it i i do think i always appreciate that moment in superhero books where somebody not thinking punches through one and, and they're like, it's cool guys. This is robots. It's robots. Yeah. We're all good here. Um, it happens constantly. And yes. I'm like, okay, because to the point it's, a, it's about the level setting and the, the morality and philosophy that's laid out there. Like Superman's like, we don't kill the justice league doesn't kill. So then, yeah, they can't kill. But then you read a book like invincible where it's like, they're all killing people all the time. And it's like, that's, those are the rules. It doesn't, it doesn't change. It's the change that would be tricky. 
if if the Justice League in the next week's next month's issue was like we're gonna start killing people now, <laughs> it would be like something like what? What's yeah, happening? but the problem I run into is when you uh, start murdering robots and stuff, then somebody still send you a bill. You know, what I mean, you still got to pay for it. So this sounds know. like a personal experience, uh, Pete. How many Roombas have you slaughtered, or what are you <laughs> talking about? Oh, man, don't get me started on those things. They're spying on us, guys. Spying on us. Great conspiracy theorist, Pete. Uh, cool. Let's see if we have any other uh, questions going on here. Uh, this is another one from Pablo, and probably a good one to wrap up on. What is your take on DC's future state so far? Uh, we have been talking about every single issue of Future State on our Stack yeah. podcast. You're covering it, not am. We are all over it, and I think we've really liked it a lot. Yeah, yeah. For the most part, it's great, and it's getting into, like, weirder sections of um, the DC Universe in sort of an Elseworlds way and, like, bringing in new creative uh, creators. Yeah, Yeah, it's been fun. Uh, I love it. This week's issues that came out today, um, there's so many good, weird stories in this stack of books. It's really fun. Yeah, good stuff. Thanks for the question, Pablo. And that is it for your audience questions. Whoop, whoop. And now it is time for our next section, which is trivia. And for that, we're going to turn it over to Pete LePage. All right. Pete LePage. This is the part we get back. Oh, Easy Rider's got first hand up already. Easy Rider got the emoji loaded. Easy Reader. Easy Reader. My fault. My fault. Um, Easy Reader. Uh, But yeah, it's an opportunity to win $25 free dollars to Midtown Comics Online. Uh, I'm going to read you a question list and all three possible answers. All three questions right. $25 will be yours, Easy now, Reader. Are we inviting Easy Reader into Easy the stream? Easy Reader is being invited into the stream as we Great. speak. And here is Easy Reader. Hello. Hey. Hi, guys. What's How up, Easy Reader? Glasses and beard. Check. Doing great, man. <laughs> Good. I feel like a real outsider this week. Yeah. <laughs> Easy Reader, you got a stacked bookcase. Level. Yeah, man. That looks <laughs> awesome. Oh, oh, that's that's one book away from falling over that bookcase. Book. Yeah. <laughs> All, All right, right, so Pete's going to take it away from here. Yep. All right, so go. today's trivia is on topical comic news and a small nod to legend Alex Trebek. All right, here Al- we go. Alex Alvin. No, no, never Alex <laughs> Alvin. All right, here we go. Question legend. number... Qu- oh, my God. Don't say things like that. All right, question number one. DC announced a collaboration with metal bands for the upcoming Dark Knight's Death Metal Band Edition. One of those bands being, is it A, Skinny Puppy, B, Megadeth, or is it C, Melissa McCarthy? So it's either A or it's B. I'll try B. He is correct. Ah, Megadeth is going to be in the Dark Knight's Death Metal Band Edition. I mean, yeah, why I mean, not, you right? You, know, you help from the crowd with these metal questions. Yeah. Hey, yeah, glad <laughs> Let to help. Let her play play. Let her play her play. <laughs> All right, here we go. Question number two. 25 years later, IDW is bringing what hit back in comic book form? Is it A, Transformers Beast Wars, B, Transformers Generations, or is it C, LL Cool J? So it's either A... <laughs> And you are closer to $25, or you can pick B and be completely wrong. I wish it was LL Cool J, but I'll go with A. 
I hear you, man. I hear you. <laughs> I, he's, I he like, hasn't gone anywhere. You don't need to bring LL back. He's right here. I like how, much, how, hard, how hard he hit the J on LL Cool JP. <laughs> I appreciate that as a J name. All right. <laughs> All right. Here we go. For Marvel Heroes Reborn, who is the only one who has memory of the world the way it is? Is it A, Blade, B, Bruce Banner, or is it C, John Forsyth? So it's either A, Blade, or you could pick B and be Bruce Banner. Blade. Yes, you are correct. And yes, Captain, I picked a name you would know if you wouldn't see coming. John Forsyth up in your grill piece, Cap. This is an entirely uh, unrelated thing. Easy Reader, thank you so much for jumping into the stream. You just won a $25 gift card to Midtown Comics. Shoot us an email at comicbookclublive at gmail.com. We'll get that right at you. Thanks for coming to the stream. Have a fellas. All right. Thanks for coming, Easy Reader. And let me just briefly throw it. Let me just, Mm -hmm. if anyone doesn't know, let me recount the details of the interaction that just happened. Pete handles trivia. He developed a series, a second quiz with the third answers amounting to a movie that is a uh, featuring another actor. In this case, Alex Trebek, actor being used very loosely. In our comment section, Kevin guesses the third actor because Pete is very predictable. Pete has then taken the, the gauntlet away from Kevin and is now putting in Basically, non-actors in to try to fool Kevin from guessing the third actor to win the quiz before Pete can even finish the second quiz within his first quiz. Yeah, yeah. Kevin, that just to mention, said Cameron Diaz, Pete, I want you to be honest here. Mm-hmm. Was your first thought for the third question, Cameron Diaz? Nope. Uh, liar. Yeah. No, not liar. You uh, fucking liar. But he was right. It is the 2000 classic Charlie's Angels. But wait a second here. Let me just be clear. You were like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do a quiz about Alex Trebek. And the answer is Charlie's Angels. I'm not. Okay. And the answer is Charlie's Angels. And the, well, because a- the Alex, actors you chose were who? Alex, Alex Trebek played himself in that movie. And it was a nice part. Sure. So we I, all know that. Justin okay. has some questions there. Okay. My what were the three actors you named? It was Melissa McCarthy, LL Cool J, and uh, someone had it right. It would have been Bill, first stand up guy, Bill. It would have been Bill Murray, but I put John Forsyth because that made me think of Riverdale. Who? Um, I, oh, Pete had a clench. Um, interesting. I, when I think of Charlie's Angels, I always think of the stars Melissa McCarthy, <laughs> LL Cool J, LL John. Cool J. And John Forsyth, of course. Uh, all right, there we go. As we all know, tomorrow is New Comic Book Day, unless you're talking about DC Comics. They're already out. But what are you looking forward to, Pete? Well, I'll tell you what. I'm The surprise thing that I'm really looking forward to is Fear Case number one. And then, of course, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, Ninja Turtles, Jenica, uh, number four of six. Uh, Justin, what about you? What are you looking forward to? Oof, uh, a lot of good stuff out there this week. I'm going to throw it out to uh, Runaways. Uh, Gotcha, Alex, number 33. Uh, Super fun book. They really are. It's just the way they've taken the story is so fun and so surprising and really uh, true to the characters in a way that I just didn't expect. And uh, I love the book. 
Yeah. I'm going to throw it out to the comic book history of animation number three from IDW. Oh, wow. We had Fred Van Lenti and Ryan Dudley on the show just this last week. It was such a pleasure to talk to them. Uh, and uh, this book is great. It's just fun informative right in my wheelhouse i am having a blast reading it and you can check out all of those reviews or most of those reviews at least in our stack podcast wednesdays at 9 a.m oh before uh giancarlo sorry is there anything you're looking forward to i don't know alex uh, how dare you alex uh, i'm actually a little behind on my books because i get them delivered uh they just get delivered weird i don't i'm not all up to date but I think uh, I've been really enjoying the Walking Dead Deluxe. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. There's a new issue. They just switched. They just did the artist switch. Uh, and I was wondering if the colors were going to kind of change with that. And the last issue, uh, this looks so good with the new artist. Um, and it's just been really good. All the back matter in that book has been really interesting to read. So I've been, uh, and know. let's go around and are there any donuts we're looking forward to tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In The Walking Dead? Yeah. Well, actually, Giancarlo, other than uh, getting married, is there anything you want to plug? Anything should, people should check, uh, yeah. go to? to Not check really. I'm just uh, kind of surviving during this pandemic like the rest of us. Sure. Uh, I don't know. Just trying to see, keep my eyes on the other end of this when we all come out of it. But Are other- we all going to your Dunkin' Donuts to watch you get married? Uh, like, what's I really up? thought you were going to say, I- are we all going to come out of this <laughs> Alex dark place reality uh no I think the when the whole deal with this wedding is that it's uh it's gonna be COVID kind of uh free and like socially distant so I don't think anybody's gonna be there in that regard like it'll just no. be us and the Duncan people we're gonna tip the people at Duncan like furiously we're just gonna throw 20s at them that's awesome. Uh, but if if one of us were to get a job at this local Dunkin' Donuts, yeah, um, exactly, we could definitely attend in that case. Yes, All right. <laughs> I'm so excited for you. That's amazing. And folks, congratulations. That is it for this week's show. A couple of things yeah. before we go. First of all, thank you to our amazing guests for coming the show. Thank you to Sean Carlo. Thank you to Booth Man for yeah, coming Booth to our show. Carlo! Yeah, great to see you. Great to see you. Yeah. Uh, also, thank you to Sal Abenanti. Uh, you check out The Hostage on Kickstarter, Michael Northrup, Flashbacks, and Dear Supervillains. Check out those. Next week on the show, we're going to have two more amazing guests for you. Chip Sadarsky and Jason Liu are going to be here from yes. Comixology's Afterlift. I'm sure we'll sneak in some other questions for Chip Sadarsky. We're going to probably throw some Daredevil questions in there. Just a couple. We'll see what and happens. And finally get a straight answer about, is Foggy Nelson cool or not? And I think we know the way that's going to go. Uh, it's going to go real well. A couple of other podcasts. We do Riverdale After Dark. Our Riverdale podcast goes up Wednesday's Umbrella Podcast. is starting to wrap up. Our Umbrella Academy podcast going on Thursdays. Marvel Vision, our Marvel podcast, currently on WandaVision on Fridays. American Godcast, our American Gods podcast on Sundays. Patreon.com slash comic book club to support the show. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice on Twitter at Comic Book Live. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and so many more. Until next time. So many more. Good night. Good night, guys.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.